And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Can't wait to the Old West in the most haunted city in the country. Well, today, September the 8th, 251st day of the year. 114 days remain till the year's over with. And you only ask for holidays and national days. It's Stand Up to Cancer Day, National Iguana Awareness Day, Star Trek Day, International Literacy Day, and it's also World Literacy Day. I don't think you ought to read anything into that. National Dog Walker Appreciation Day, World Physical Therapy Day. September is also National Suicide Prevention Month. Prostate Cancer Awareness Month, Pain Awareness Month, National Recovery Month, Blood Cancer Awareness Month, National Preparedness Month, Attendance Awareness Month, Remember it's World's Alzheimer's Day, a month rather, Sexual Health Month, and the, the cheering section is tuning up. All right, in 617 A.D., Battle of Hawaii, Li Wan defeats a Sudan State Army, opening the path to his capture of the imperial capital of Chang'an and the eventual establishment of the Tang Dynasty. <clears throat> 1100 A.D., election of the anti-pope Theodoric. 1198, Philip of Swabia, prince of Hohenstaufen's crown king of Germany also known as King of the Romans, since the the Germans literally um, overwhelmed the Roman Empire. 1253, Pope Innocent IV canonizes Stanislaus of Czernipal, killed by King Boleslaw II. 1264, the Statue of Calais, guaranteeing Jews safety and personal liberties and giving Batai then jurisdiction over Jewish matters is promulgated by Boleslaw the Pious, Duke of Greater Poland. 1276, Pope John XXI is elected Pope. 1331, Stefan Dusan declares himself King of Serbia. 1380, Battle of Kulikovo, Russian forces defeat a mixed army of Tatars and Mongols, stopping their advance. 1504, Michelangelo's David is unveiled in Piazza della Signora in Florence. 1514, Battle of Orsia, one of the biggest battles of the century. The Lithuanians and the Poles defeat the Russian army. 1522, Magellan, Elcano circumnavigation. Victoria arrives at Seville, technically completing the first circumnavigation of the globe. 1565, San Augusto de Florida is founded by Spanish Admiral Florida's first governor, Pedro Menendez de Aviles. 1655, Warsaw falls without resistance to a small force under the command of Charles X Gustav of Sweden during the, the deluge, making it the first time the city is captured by a foreign army. 1727, 
in a barn fire during a puppet show in the village of Burwell in Cambridgeshire, England. Killed 78, and many of those 78 are children. 1755, French and Indian War, Battle of Lake George. 1756, French and Indian War, the Kittening Expedition. 1760, French and Indian War. French surrender Montreal to the British, completing the British's conquest of New France. 1761, marriage of King George III to the, the UK to Duchess Charlotte of mecklenburg strelitz 1775, the unsuccessful rising of the priests in Malta. For those not familiar with that, it was an uprising led by Maltese clergy against the Order of St. John, who had sovereignty over Malta. This uprising took place September 8, 1775, and was suppressed by the Order of St. John within a few hours. Rebels were captured, some executed, some exiled, some just thrown in prison and forgotten. The revolt can actually be traced back to 1773 when Francisco Jimenez de Tejeda elected Grand Master on the death of Manuel Pinto de Fonseca. Jimenez found a depleted treasury, so he introduced austerity measures, including reduced spending and increasing the price of corn. Made him unpopular both with the clergy and the common folks. And then he issued an edict banning the hunting of hares by the common people to preserve the hunt for the elite. Well, that was pretty much the last straw right there. 1781, American Revolutionary War. Battle of Utah Springs in South Carolina. The war's last significant battle in the Southern Theater ends in a narrow British tactical victory. 1793, French Revolutionary War's Battle of Hanshuta. 1796, French Revolutionary Wars, Battle of Bassano. French forces defeat Austrian troops at Bassano del Grappa. 1810, the Tonquins set sail from New York Harbor with 33 employees of John Jacob Astor's newly created Pacific Fur Company on board. After a six-month trip around the tip of South America, the ship arrives at the mouth of the Columbia River, and Astor's men established the fur-trading town of Astoria, Oregon. 1813, at the uh, final stage of the Peninsula War, British-Portuguese troops captured the town of Donostia, now San Sebastian, resulting in a rampage and eventual destruction of the town. 1831, William IV and Adelaide of Saxe-Meningen, crown king and queen of the UK of Great Britain and Ireland. 1831, November Uprising, Battle of Warsaw effectively ends the Polish insurrection. 1855, Crimean War, French assault the Tower of Malakov, leading to the capture of Sevastopol. 1860, Steamship P.S. Lady Elgin sinks on Lake Michigan, having loss of about 300 people associated with it. 1862, Millennium of Russia Monument is unveiled in Novgorod. 1863, American Civil War. Second Battle of Sabine Pass, a small Confederate force thwarts a Union invasion of Texas. 1883, the Northern Pacific Railway uh, was completed in a ceremony at Gold Creek, Montana. Former President Ulysses Grant drove in the final Golden Spike in an event attended by 
rail and political luminaries. 1888, Isaac Perrault's submarine is first tested. Also in 1888, the Great Herding begins with thousands of sheep being herded from the Argentine outpost of Fortin Concesa to Santa Cruz near the Strait of Magellan. 1888 also saw in London the body of Jack the Ripper's second victim being found on this date, Annie Chapman. You know, there are those that say he killed far more than the ones associated with him. Could have killed as many as 20. But they also say he came to the U.S. 1888 in England, the first six football league matches are played. Uh, 1892, the Pledge of Allegiance is first recited on this date. 1898, 700 Greek civilians, 17 British guards, and the British Consul of Crete are killed by a Turkish mob. Uh, 1900, Galveston Hurricane. Powerful hurricane hits Galveston, Texas, killing about 8,000 people. 1905, 7.2 Calabria Earthquake. Shakes southern Italy with a maximum Michele intensity of 11. That's extreme, killing uh, between 557 and 2,500 people. 1914, World War I, Private Thomas Highgate becomes the first British soldier to be executed for desertion during the war. 1916, in a bid to prove women are capable of serving as military dispatch riders, Augusta and Adeline Van Buren arrive in Los Angeles, completing a 60-day, 5,500-mile cross-country trip on motorcycles. 1921, Margaret Gorman, a 16-year-old, wins the Atlantic City Pageant's Golden Mermaid Trophy. Um, pageant officials later called her the first Miss America. And from all accounts, she was uh, a stunning young lady. She died at age 90 in Bowie, Maryland. She was... Uh, She was a model and a beauty queen. Won the first Miss America beauty pageant that being crowned Mistress to Columbia. Um, she actually married. She got the Golden Mermaid Trophy. She was expected to defend her position the next year, but somebody else had attained the title of Miss Washington, D.C., so she was instead crowned as Miss America. Only Miss America to get her crown at the end of the year. You know, she was an uh, interesting person. 1923, Honda Point disaster. Nine U.S. Navy destroyers run aground off the California coast. Seven are lost and 23 sailors killed. 1925, saw the Rift War. Spanish forces, including troops in the Foreign Legion under Colonel Francisco Franco, landing at uh, Amochima in Morocco. 1926, Germany is admitted to the League of Nations. 1933, Ghazi Ben Faisal becomes king of Iraq. 1934, off the New Jersey coast, a fire on board the passenger liner SS Moro Castle kills 137 people. 1935, U.S. Senator from Louisiana, Huey Long, is fatally shot in the Louisiana State Capitol building. 1941, World War II, 
German forces began the siege of Leningrad. 1943, World War II, the Armistice of Kasabeli, proclaimed by radio. Uh, Absurd immediately implements plans to disarm the Italian forces. 1944, World War II, London's hit by a V-2 rocket for the first time. 1945, the division of Korea begins when U.S. Uh, troops arrive to partition the southern part of Korea in response to Soviet troops occupying the northern part of the peninsula a month earlier. 1946, the referendum abolishes the monarchy in Bulgaria. 1952, the Canadian Broadcasting Company makes the first televised broadcast on the second escape of the Boyd Gang. For those not familiar with the Boyd Gang, that was a notorious criminal gang based in Toronto, named for member Edwin Alonzo Boyd. It was a favorite of the media at that time because of their sensational actions, including bank robberies and jail breaks and relationships with beautiful women, gunfights, manhunts, and daring escapes. Always give the media something to look at. Uh, 1954, the Southeast Asia Treaty Organization, or CETO, was established on this date. 1960, in Huntsville, Alabama, President Eisenhower formally dedicates the Marshall Space Flight Center. Uh, NASA had already activated the facility July 1st, so a little late in doing it. 1962, last run of the famous Pines Express over the Somerset and Dorset Railway Line in UK, fittingly using the last steam locomotives built by British Railways. BR Standard Class 9F92220 Evening Star. 1966, the landmark American science fiction television series Star Trek premieres with its first episode, The Man Trap, on this date. 1970, Trans International Airlines Flight 863 crashes during takeoff from John F. Kennedy International Airport in New York City. Killed all 11 people on board. 1971, in Washington, D.C., the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts is inaugurated. Its opening feature being the premiere of Leonard Bernstein's Mass. 1973, World Airways Flight 802 crashes into Mount Dutton in King Cove, Alaska. Kill six people. 1974 Watergate scandal. U.S. President Gerald, there's nothing I can't trip over Ford, signs the pardon of Richard Nixon for any crimes Nixon may have committed while in office. 1975 Gays in the military. U.S. Air Force Tech Sergeant Leonard Matlovich, a decorated veteran of the Vietnam War, appears in the Air Force uniform on the cover of Time magazine with the headline, I am a homosexual. He was given a general discharge after that, which was later upgraded to honorable. 1978, Black Friday. Massacre by soldiers against protesters in Tehran. Resulted in 88 deaths, marked the beginning of the end of the monarchy in Iran. 1986, Nicholas Daniloff, a correspondent for U.S. News and World Reports, indicted on charges of espionage by the Soviet Union. 1988, Yellowstone National Park is closed for the first time in U.S. history due to ongoing fires. 1989, Partner Flight 394 dives into the North Sea, killed 55 people. 
Investigation showed the tail of the plane vibrated loose in flight due to substandard connecting bolts that had been fraudulently sold as aircraft grade. 1994, U.S. Air Flight 427 on approach to Pittsburgh International Airport suddenly crashes in clear weather, killing all 132 people on board, resulting in the most extensive aviation investigation in world history and altering manufacturing practices in the industry. 2004, NASA's uncrewed spacecraft Genesis crash lands when its parachute fails to open. 2005, the two Aleutian... 276 aircraft from Emercom land in a disaster aid staging area in Little Rock Air Force Base. First time uh, Russia had flown such a mission in North America. For those that are not familiar with Emercom, um, it's the Ministry of the Russian Federation of Civil Defense, Emergency Situations, Elimination of Consequences of Natural Disasters. It was established by Boris Yeltsin in 1994, but uh, it was initially uh, created December 27, 1990, when the uh, Russian Rescue Corps was established, and it had the response of rapid response, uh, had the assignment of a rapid response to emergencies. 2016, NASA launches OSIRIS-REx, its first asteroid sample return mission. Probe will visit uh, 10 1955 Bino and is expected to return with samples in 2023. 2017, Syrian Civil War. Syrian Democratic Forces announced the beginning of the Deir Ez-Zor campaign with the stated aim of eliminating the Islamic State from all areas north and east of the Euphrates. And in 2022, Queen Elizabeth II of the UK dies at Balmore Castle in Scotland. She reigned for 70 years. Her son, Charles, Prince of Wales, ascends the throne on her death, and he becomes Charles III. Okay. You know, we've talked about a lot of strange and off-the-wall things. There is no um, shortage of mysteries in this world, luckily for shows like mine. Now, we've been talking about uh, unsolved mysteries of the ancient world, even though there's plenty of unsolved mysteries of the modern world. We're going to be talking now about um, strange people. You know, some of history's greatest mysteries are the individuals who made it happen. You know, from antiquity to more recent times, mysterious historical figures are like magnets drawing us into their lives decades or centuries after they drew their final breath. You might say their stories are our stories. They'll help shape our cities, our traditions, even civilization itself. And sometimes the dimly understood celebrities of the past offer 
tales about tele-rural events that can uh, befall us or the monsters we might become. I mean, what was it like to walk home by gaslight in Victorian England with an unknown human predator prowling in the darkness? Where the final rusting places are some of the most powerful people the world's ever known. I mean, consider Emperor Quinn's unfathomably detailed buried army of statue soldiers. Did a delicate, delicate, one more time, decadent, doomed sex boats of Rome's creepiest emperor Caligula. We're going to be talking about some very strange people. We're going to start out talking about a settlement that had vanished entirely into thin air. August 18th, 1587. Virginia Dare made history as the first child born to English parents in what's now the United States. Born to an Ananias and Eleanor Dare, granddaughter of the Southern governor, John White. Now this is the only information anybody knows about her entire life. Because by 1590 she had vanished along with everybody else in the colony. Now, after England's first attempt to settle in America failed, a second attempt was made in 1587. This time they settled on Roanoke Island, just off the coast of modern-day North Carolina. Settlers were struggling in their new location, so not long after Virginia Dare was born, they, they asked the governor to go back to England for supplies and relief. But England's war with Spain delayed White's return voyage to Roanoke and what was meant to be a delay of just a few months turned into an absence of three years. By the time Governor White finally set foot in the New World again, everything and everyone at Roanoke had vanished. And ruins of the colony were already overgrown with uh, nature. There's a single word carved into a wooden post. Croatoan. It was the only clue. White died without ever knowing what happened to his children or granddaughter. And in the centuries since the colony of Roanoke vanished, oh, there's been no shortage of theories. Most involve speculation that the settlers were slaughtered or captured or died from disease. But PBS North Carolina explains that recent research suggests the settlers may have willingly and peacefully chosen to join a native tribe, the Croatoans, who inhabited Hatteras Island, that was another one of their regional islands. Croatoan Archaeological Society points to what they believe is a wealth of archaeological evidence supporting this theory, including the fact that a century after the settlers disappeared, English explorer John Lawson found natives with blue eyes who recounted they had ancestors who could speak out of a book. Now, this theory may or may not be widely accepted. Today, the colony of Roanoke remains a 500-year-old mystery. It's missing too many pieces to, to be put back together.
Well, let's talk about some mysteriously preserved bodies found in Northern Europe. When you look at Tolan Man's face, you can be looking at somebody you know. His features, the wrinkles around his closed eyes, the creases in his lips, and the stubble on his chin are all familiar. Might appear to be in a beautiful slumber. If his skin wasn't such an unnerving, lifeless color, revealing the absence of something that used to be there but isn't anymore. And a rope around his neck explains how he met his demise 2,300 years ago, but the rest of his life is up for speculation. Currently resting behind glass at the Silkborg Museum in Denmark, he was discovered in a bog. His body preserved so well that even his fingertips could be printed and analyzed. Told that man may be the best preserved, but he's only one of about a thousand bog bodies found to date across uh, northern Europe. According to National Geographic, uh, education bog bodies are able to avoid normal decomposition thanks to a chemical interaction between moss and peat and water in the bogs that uh, creates an antiseptic environment conducive to preserving flesh. And with thousands of years between their lives and ours, much of the bog people's story just remains a complete mystery. However, life science as evidence points to at least some bog bodies being likely the remains of ritualistic sacrifices. Some are probably rituals, uh, burials of deviants or executed criminals, and others are like the result of accidental deaths such as drownings in these watery environments. The oldest bog body yet uh, discovered was a woman believed to have died 10,000 years ago. That's according to National Geographic. And a few bog bodies of Native Americans are even been found in Florida. So the bogs of the world may yet yield new secrets that we don't have any idea on the horizon. Well, let's talk about some soldiers who held their ground for 2,200 years. I'm talking about Emperor King's buried army. Well, The story all began with some well diggers in northwest China, and they stumbled across what appeared to be a cavernous underground world in 1974. It became one of the most significant archaeological finds ever made. Researchers determined this below-ground realm is a mausoleum prepared to honor Qin Shi Huangdi who proclaimed himself the first emperor of China in 221 B.C. So you have to ask yourself, what makes this mausoleum so amazing? Well, an implausibly large stone army of nearly 8,000 life-size terracotta soldiers, each detailed with unique clothing, features, and faces. According to Smithsonian Magazine, these soldiers are joined by bronze chariots and horses and delightfully realistic waterfowl crafted from bronze and serenaded by terracotta musicians, even troops of acrobats. United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization, or UNESCO, as we've heard it referred to, says archaeologists have determined 
that construction on the site began in 246 BC. Workers from every province of the empire toiled increasingly until the death of the emperor in 2010 in order to construct a subterranean city. Notably, the emperor's tomb itself hadn't been excavated yet. Significant evidence does exist to suggest that it uh, contains uh, equally mind-blowing artifacts. National Geographic predicts it could contain, for example, replicas of the area's rivers and streams made with mercury flowing to the sea through hills and mountains of bronze. Chinese archaeologists are using modern technology to uh, safely uncover and understand the rich world of mysteries that remain buried here protected by the eternal vigilance of the buried army. Well, let's talk about an indisputably old relic that touches on the, the mythical. I'm talking about the Mask of Agamemnon. Located within an easy one-and-a-half-hour drive from Athens on mainland Greece is the heartland of ancient uh, Mycenaean culture. In a site where a revered 19th century German archaeologist found in 1876 what he believed to be the death mask of Greek hero Agamemnon. Now, archaeologists agree this mask made of pure gold is a death mask that typically signifies royalty or wealth. So you have to ask yourself what makes this mask a mystery? Well, Agamemnon was a mythical hero, not a historical figure. He may never have existed at all. It can be tricky to peel Greek mythology away from Greek history because the two intersect and overlap so intricately. In the 9th or 8th century B.C., the Greek, uh, Greek poet Homer authored the epic poem Iliad and was the Greek king Agamemnon led his people to a famous victory against Troy. But Agamemnon and the Trojan War are tales from Greek mythology that have never been confirmed through independent evidence. Agamemnon is a hero from Greek mythology, but there's no historical records of a Mycenaean king by that name, according to the World History Encyclopedia. Greek city was a prosperous one in the Bronze Age, and there perhaps was a real, although much shorter, Greek-led attack on Troy. And both these... Propositions are supported by archaeological evidence. However, the existence of Agamemnon, specifically in Homer's account of a prolonged Trojan War, haven't been confirmed yet. Our scientists have determined that the gold funerary mask in question uh, actually predates when Agamemnon would have lived by at least 400 years. So who actually wore that expensive and elaborate golden mask after his death, if not the legendary hero Agamemnon? And that answer may remain a mystery forever, but even without its owner identified, humanity still believes this mask holds inherent value in providing evidence about Mycenaean culture, its commerce, and the art of the late uh, Bronze Age. Now, the mask, of course, is still called the Mask of Agamemnon to this day, and you can find a replica in the New York City Metropolitan Museum of Art. But the actual answers to the questions we don't yet have. Well, from Agamemnon, let's turn to another question that has stumped historians. Who actually was Jack the Ripper? 
Or could it have been Jill the Ripper? On History and Murder Mystery Collide, you can keep an audience captivated for almost 150 years and counting. Generations of people have succumbed to the intrigue generated by the shockingly gruesome, still unsolved Jack the Ripper murders in Victorian London. Our enduring interest in the world's most morbid whodunit is partly because the crimes are so ghastly and partly because the potential suspects represented such a wide cross-section of life in Victorian Britain and partly because they're still unsolved. The kind of mystery people are utterly incapable of resisting. Now well, we're going to delve into historical facts as well as some new takes uh, formed by uh, modern science to see if the world's any closer to identifying the world's most famous serial killer. Now, in 1888, somebody murdered five women in the Whitechapel section of London by slitting their throats and horrifically mutilating their bodies. Now, as I've said earlier in reference to Jack the Ripper, there are those who believed he killed far more than five. But we're going to stay with this number for the moment. Now, the murderer may have been engaged in gruesome taunting. Somebody mailed half a human kidney to the president of the Whitechapel Vigilance Committee. And there may have been other victims as well, but authorities could only di directly link these five. History Channel says the name Jack the Ripper came from a signed letter, which may well have been a hoax sent to police and published after the first attacks. It was believed that he was a man with some experience in butchery or medicine based on his exacting brutalization of his uh, victims' bodies, according to the Crime Museum. It's a website counterpart to a Washington, D.C.-based resource for crime-related information. Hundreds of names were put forth as potential suspects by professional and amateur sleuths at the time and over the years since. The most suggestions based on weak or insufficient evidence. However, there are a dozen suspects who remain primarily primary contenders for various reasons. First of those uh, four suspects is Montague Druitt. Whitechapel local, an attorney, a part-time teacher, arrested in surgery who had been described as sexually insane. November and December of, 19, of 1888, he was hastily fired from his teaching position and actually committed suicide. And the murder stopped. Actual, actual physical evidence against him uh, is sparse, but his own family said they suspected him. And there's, and there's Carl Friggenbaum. German merchant sailor who went by multiple aliases, reportedly confessed to mutilating women, was later convicted in the U.S. of brutally murdering a woman in 1894. After his execution for that crime, his attorney publicly declared he believed his client was, in fact, Jack the Ripper, and said he could confirm Fliegerbaum had been in London during the time of the Whitechapel murders. Then there's Richard Walter Richard Secret. Another based artist known for painting prostitutes who uh, was said to have um, been rendered impotent after surgical procedures. Though among the known suspects for decades, he catapulted to the top of the list after uh, American crime novelist Patricia Cornwell wrote a detailed investigation into Jack the Ripper in which she uh, 
stated researchers had identified secret through uh, mitochondrial DNA. Well, by all accounts, Cornwell's take is a fascinating read since she's a talented writer capable of uh, adeptly uh, handling an engaging and complex story like this one. However, her conclusion is not without its uh, detractors who argue that, uh, for example, that uh, mitochondrial DNA only narrows the field for potential matches. It can't identify the specific one. Then there's Aaron Kosminski. Polish barber in Whitechapel who allegedly hated women, particularly prostitutes, ultimately committed to an insane asylum for homicidal tendencies. Primary suspect at the time of the murders, he was identified by researchers in an article published in the Journal of Forensic Sciences stating they had matched for, uh, Kosminski's familiar DNA to a blood and semen stained shawl retrieved from a, a ripper victim. Of course, that doesn't mean it was him. It could be anybody related to him. Also, keep in mind, at one point in time, one of the primary suspects was the uh, Prince of Wales. Unfortunately, we'll probably never know Jack the Ripper's real identity. This phenomenal investigative work over the last 150 years or so, and many researchers are well worth your time and energy if you have an interest in it. But every major theory, including the most recent ones, linking Secret and Kosminski uh, to these crimes through DNA, is equally forceful detractors pointing to evidence purporting to refute the claims. In fact, it might be fair to say that uh, continued attempts to identify the suspect have only heightened the controversy and deepened the mystery. At this particular point, closing in on a century and a half after the crimes, uh, seems likely there are never be a definitive answer in history's most notorious unsolved serial murder will remain one of our most macabre puzzles. Well, it was a well-received book by a British social historian, uh, Hallie Rubenhold, who argues that uh, Jack the Ripper's victims didn't get a fair portrayal. She includes her countertake on the standard narrative that all five of Jack the Ripper's confirmed victims are prostitutes. In the book called The Five, The Untold Lives of the Women Killed by Jack the Ripper, Reuben Holt explains that the historical record shows that only one victim had been actively soliciting as a prostitute at the time of her death. One of the other women periodically solicited, and three of them weren't prostitutes at all, according to uh, this research. Ruben Hold argues that this myth, first in the first place, is the consequence of the misogynistic and class-based prejudices characteristic to the Victorian era. Winner of the Bally Gifford Prize for Nonfiction and the Goodreads Choice Award for History and Biography, the five delves deeply into the lives of these women. He wrote ballads and ran coffee houses and lived on country estates breathe ink dust from printing presses and escaped human traffickers. Her research uh, was aimed to give these women back their stories, and by all accounts, she did that. But unfortunately, in the face of um, 150 years of rumors and legends, having that um, opinion changed 
doesn't have a high degree of uh, possibility. Well, having been an amateur treasure hunter for many years myself, I know when you start digging, there ain't no telling what you're going to find. But there's nothing like finding a Viking ship exactly where you'd expect it to be in the middle of remote farmland in Norway. Now, you may find that a tad puzzling, but in 1903, a complete, remarkably well-preserved wooden Viking ship was found underneath an enormous burial mound, and it's still revealing secrets today. Sky History UK website says the find is a type of Viking longship called a carvey, which measures about 70 feet long by 16 feet wide, and would have been rowed by about 30 men. This particular example excavated from far from the shore in Norwegian farm country didn't have oars or rowers, but it did have two mysterious corpses on it. National Geographic explains the bodies were women, one in her 70s, another in her 50s, with both bodies in the boat, dating to around 834 B.C. Now, from analysis of a boat and its belongings, the historian's best guess is the boat barrels an elaborate funeral rite for somebody considered of royal stature. Some believed one of the women was the Queen Asa, grandmother of Harold I, first king of a united Norway. That's according to National Geographic. Now, researchers can't tell who had the wealth and status, but if one victim was a non-royal, she may have been sacrificed for the royal burial. The enigma's further complicated by mysterious items found at the burial site. The boat contained a beautifully designed cart, the only Viking Age cart found so far. Three decorated sleighs, an array of lavish textiles, five elaborately carved animal heads, beds, and other everyday items such as farming tools and combs. Well, there's bones of 15 horses, 6 dogs, and 2 oxen. Researchers also found a bucket depicting two people sitting in a lotus position with some now called the Osberg Buddha. Norway's a long, long way from the homeland of Buddhism, but the Vikings journeyed as far as the Black Sea and the Mediterranean, so a Buddhist influence isn't out of the question. Problem is, we may never know for sure. Well, you know, from a buried Viking ship, let's go to two enormous wrecks from the Roman period. Now, the Roman Emperor Caligula wasn't one you'd call a nice guy. Rome's third ruler only reigned for four years before getting himself assassinated, but he made quite a lasting impression in that short period of time. The mean, murderous, vengeful dictator who may have had a mental illness declared himself a god and appointed his horse to office. He'd have been right at home in Congress. Discover Magazine's website says he had a penchant for sadism, hedonistic excesses, and brutality. And nowhere is his evil decadence more evident than with three luxurious sex party ships he had built 
literally floating pleasure palaces that allowed the emperor to treat his party guests to every degenerate act that could be imagined, all while being rolled around a picturesque lake by rows of slaves. Now, historians call Caligula's sex ships the, the Nemi ships after the lake just south of Rome where they were discovered. Rumors about their existence had persisted for 2,000 years, spurred by stories of fishermen pulling strange Roman artifacts out of the lake over the centuries. And after several failed retrieval attempts, Benito Mussolini, of all people, Italy's 20th century fascist dictator, drained the lake and recovered two of the three legendary ships. According to the archaeology website, ancient origins, these ships were 230 feet long, wildly ornate. Fine was important, as Discovery explains, it was thought that the Romans were incapable of building such large vessels. And the Nemi ships housed remarkable artifacts, including vast anchors, bronze moldings, marble statues, along with ornamental oil rings and joints in copper and bronze. Found carvings and mosaics, even gilded copper roof tiles. Unfortunately, at the end of World War II, the Germans set fire to the museum that held the Nemi ships. Only some bronze, uh, bronzes survived, according to Discover, along with a handful of photographs of the colossal wrecks. Rumors that the third ship uh, exists persist, though, and while the 2017 attempt to locate it came up empty, some believe it may have been uh, buried under a rock slide that only impacted one side of the island. And certainly that could well have been a possibility. Keep in mind, truth is much stranger than fiction. Well, let's talk about what many refer to as a frozen in time mystery. 1761. An impressive ship called the Octavius left London with a full crew, captain's wife and child, and a hold laden with goods bound for China. After delivering the cargo... Octavius's captain made the fateful decision to attempt to return to London via the Northwest Passage. That's across the Pacific Ocean and up around Alaska through northern Canada. And this endeavor, which the History Channel calls a hazardous journey through thousands of giant icebergs, was so risky that no ship had ever been able to successfully pull it off. And the captain may have been driven by a desire to be the first ship to do so. But... Clearly, it didn't have a happy ending. Ship entered the Northwest Passage and wasn't heard from again for the next 13 years. October 11th, 1775, the Octavius was discovered by a whaling vessel between Canada and Greenland. Made it through the Northwest Passage but was frozen in ice. And when the crew from the whaling ship boarded the ship and went below deck, what they found disturbed them greatly. All the crew members were frozen solid, sitting or laying exactly where they were when they were once living below deck. Each crew and family member was there, some dead and frozen in place, as if the freezing had happened in a matter of seconds. Captain's wife and child were huddled together under blankets as if they were taking a quick nap. Sailor nearby still held a tinder box as if he was trying to start a fire to warm them all up before succumbing to the fatal temperatures. The of all was the captain. 
Well, the archaeologist uh, explains was seated at his desk, pen in hand, with the ship's logbook open on the desk in front of him. Inkwell and other everyday items were still in their place on the desk. And the terrified whaling crew said they grabbed the logbook and fled, but in their haste they somehow lost inner pages of the log, successfully retrieving only the, the early and the final interest. To add further intrigue, not only is there no rational explanation for how the sailors can be frozen as if in mid-action, but there's also no historical evidence of the Octavius' existence at all beyond this particular story. But there is an almost identical story involving a ship reportedly called the Gloriana that was said to have been discovered November 11, 1775. It remains unknown whether the ships were the same ship or whether the, either of them even existed. There is a third option, though. Maybe there's a phantom ship full of the ghosts of sailors who once sailed it, appearing and disappearing to be rediscovered now and then by new vessels. Certainly anything is possible. Well, turn to a story that's got a little bit more factual basis. The story of the Mary Celeste, the infamous ghost ship. Now, unlike some of the stories woven into our collective lore, every detail of the story involving the Mary Celeste is supported by the historical record. It's a mystery to this day, and scholars continue to pursue the details in hopes of understanding what exactly went wrong. According to history uh, hit, a history uh, hit, in 1872, the American ship Mary Celeste was spotted floating aimlessly off the coast of Portugal. No sign of the crew on board. The ship's only lifeboat was missing. The obvious conclusion was that the crew had abandoned ship. Well, if that was the case, why did they do so? Cargo holes intact. ship wasn't damaged in any way. In fact, it remained in service for years after it was sailed back to shore. So why would an experienced captain, his wife and child, and his dedicated crew abandon a structurally sound vessel in the middle of the ocean? Well, none of the people originally on board ever seen or heard from again. But the website History Hit says many theories have taken root over the years, including strong accusations of insurance fraud, since it was a commercial vessel carrying barrels of alcohol. Nature of the cargo itself also lent itself to speculation. The crew may have feared an imminent explosion due to alcohol vapors. There could have been an alcohol-related mutiny or pernicious influences like murder, pirates, and sea creatures. <clears throat> Over ten years ago, Smithsonian Magazine detailed the work of documentarian Anne McGregor, who took on the mystery of the Mary Celeste. Her meticulous research led her to conclude the ship likely had faulty navigational equipment, a clogged pump, and a series of rough seas, which caused the captain to steer off course and erroneously believe the ship was sinking. Smithsonian Magazine explains that she, the captain wouldn't have known how much seawater was on his, in his ship's hull, which was too fully packed for him to actually measure visually. With no trace of the crew or direct clues to the disappearance, our knowledge of how the Mary Celeste became a ghost ship is going to remain best guess speculation. But the phenomenon has stoked enough interest over the years to inspire McGregor's documentary, True Story of the Mary Celeste, and the Bela Lugosi classic from 1935, The Mystery of the Mary Celeste, and a 2020 horror movie, Haunting of the Mary Celeste. 
Ah, what a tangled web we weave when we go to sea and disappear. Well, let's talk about some of the most powerful people who ever lived. But vanished. I mean, names such as Alexander the Great, Cleopatra, Attila the Hun, familiar to most people, even if we are a little bit spotty on some of the details. Factors still inspire immediate name recognition thousands of years after they walked the planet and is a testament to the massive impact they had on civilization. You know, there's as much legend as there is fact mixed into their stories and but how is it possible that these world-famous titans who rule vast empires could vanish with no trace? For example, where is Alexander the Great buried? He was the great Macedonian king. He was a larger-than-life persona and leader, believed by most to be the son of the Greek god Zeus. He even believed in himself. Described as charismatic and ruthless, brilliant, power-hungry, diplomatic, bloodthirsty. He inspired such loyalty to the men they'd follow him anywhere and, if necessary, die in the process. Well, his men didn't spend long in the shadow of their powerful leader because Alexander died at the young age of 32. The cause of death, along with the location of his body, has been a long-standing mystery with eyewitness accounts claiming his body didn't begin to decompose for six days. Well, new scholarship is shedding light on both of these ancient mysteries. With respect to his cause of death, a new theory has emerged that died of a rare autoimmune disease called Guillain-Barre syndrome, which slowly paralyzed him. This latter would explain his uh, seemingly prolonged death without decomposition in the final days of paralysis. In response to the location of his body, when Alexander died in 323 B.C., his body was initially buried in Memphis, Egypt, but it was moved to Alexandria. Now, although ancient writers describe the tomb, its location in relation to the modern city remains a mystery, according to the archaeologist, a site for daily archaeology news. There are records of nearly 140 officially sanctioned excavations, but all fail to find the body. That's according to life science. Might even be underwater. Currently, two dedicated archaeologists are working to locate the tomb, one at a funerary monument in the Shiva Oasis in Egypt, and the other in Alexandria at the promising recent discovery of the ancient royal quarters. Maybe he'll be found. And the last one we got time for, whatever happened to Cleopatra? Famed for a legendary charm, a relationship with Julius Caesar, Mark Anthony, and the disturbing tale of her Suicide by snake. Cleopatra's enduring reputation as the last queen of Egypt uh, is well earned. Wildly intelligent queen spoke as many as a dozen languages and educated in mathematics, philosophy, oratory, and astronomy. Egyptian sources later describe her as a ruler who elevated the ranks of scholars and enjoyed their company. Also married and murdered her siblings. You know, the, the usual uh, family disagreements. Her final moments in 30 B.C. are well known. Held her dying husband, Roman General Mark Anthony, and then allowed a venomous snake to inflict a deadly bite on her. But after that, does anybody know what happened? Toward ancient writer, she was buried with Anthony in a mausoleum. Though there's no clear evidence indicating where that tomb might be, 
Ongoing research, bolstered by intensive ex- excavations, indicate the tomb might be in Taposiris Magna, location just outside of Alexandria, Egypt, but then again, nobody really knows for sure. And on that note, we come to the end of the day show. We'll be back tomorrow, and once again, we'll be talking about, and we'll be back on Monday, and once again, we'll be talking about missing royal bodies and all kinds of strange and wondrous things. Till then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show saying have a truly great evening.